get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky BPA, BPA, best player available. Oh, oh my God, you're here. Come on. <laughs> best player available is the biggest takeaway from the Denver Broncos pre-draft press conference. But it went on for 50 minutes, mm-hmm. five zero minutes. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. where We're going to break down all 50 minutes, give you everything you mm-hmm. need to know what was true. What was maybe oh, a little wow. hidden Calling that the Broncos liar. didn't touch on? Let's dive in after we give a shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook, our presenting mm-hmm. sponsor. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Of course, we're in Studio B, whereas Ryan would say stands for best player available. Wow. That's the biggest takeaway from this 50-minute press conference. Yep. Really, the only thing that George Payton and Sean Payton continued uh, to just come back to time and time again They wanted to make it very clear, Henry. Mm -hmm. They've done a damn good job. They didn't say that, but they've done a good job filling out the roster. They don't believe there's any glaring needs that the Broncos need to address with their first pick. They don't think that they have to trade up in order to get a starting center, in order to get a starting defensive lineman, in order to get any certain position or player. They think that they can get uh, the best player available, and boy, did they just keep pounding that. Yeah, and you know, that's that's what everybody says every single year at this time and it's basically true Uh, but just because of the way that we had looked at the roster you wondered if maybe they would change things up a little bit you know what what everybody always says is that's what free agency is for it's to go out there to patch up all your holes make sure you got balanced rosters so that you can just go best player available at this point but we look around and see like the center spot and say like could you need another center the running back spot Maybe maybe a running back would make sense you know the dbs the edge rushers like there's points on the roster where we can see that Maybe the holes haven't been fixed yet, but they made it pretty clear that they think that they have solved all the holes and can just take the best player. Yeah, and they were asked specifically about, about some positions. I, yeah. thought, I thought, Sean, he was asked uh, by a new reporter on the beat, uh, mm-hmm. his very, I think his second day on the yeah. beat. He was asked about, so do you feel like you need to uh, address offensive line and defensive line in the trenches? That Sean was going to lose it on him and say, <laughs> have you been listening? Open your ears, people. We're t- going to take the best player available. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how clear it was. And that's the thing that every team thinks. Mm-hmm. Every fan base wants to think going into a draft is, yeah, you're just going to get the best player available. You're not going to reach on anyone. Mm-hmm. I have not, and this is my uh, seventh draft covering, mm-hmm. eighth draft covering, something like that. I have not heard uh, as definitive from a general manager, from a head coach in these meetings, just how much they're only going to focus on best player available. So I think you can you can lend a little bit more credence to that actually being their plan this time around. Yeah, well, and it's easier to hear more of it when they talk for an hour. Oh my goodness! <laughs> in fact, in fact, let's just take you behind the scenes. So this. Henry, this was supposed to be a 10 to 12 minute press conference mm-hmm. from what I heard. 10 to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. They were going to start wrapping it up around the 12 minute mark. George Payton's uh, just statement off yeah. the top was like four minutes. He threw it over to, to Sean and Sean was like, nope, you got it all. Let's get into the questions. Yeah. You could tell Sean was like, uh-oh, we're already starting off on a long foot here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, typically the PR department does a really good job of kind of navigating these things, saying a few questions left. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, last question. Uh, but what Sean actually did, he looks up at a clock that's clearly behind the camera and goes, this is, we're setting a record for the longest <laughs> pre-draft press conference. This is going to be the last mm-hmm. question. I mean, Sean Payton is just dictating everything that's going on in that mm-hmm. building which I think is a good thing. Sean Payton's being paid $20 million to run the whole operation. They trade a first and a second round pick to run the whole operation. So Sean wrapped up the press conference uh, with uh, after we learned just a ton. So best Mm -hmm. player available, anything else that we need, we need to hit on there. I mean, trading up and trading down kind of fits into that. It does. It it does in a way. I mean, they made it really clear what the philosophy is. 
Um, and that's just that if they, they, they basically said that, I think it was last night they went through and kind of figured out who they'd be willing to trade up for. I'm sure they figured out, you know, what's the range, you know, if, if we can get up 10 picks, if we can get up 15 picks, you know, who are we willing to do that for? I think Jameer Gibbs name was in there. Uh, I would imagine that. Yes, <laughs> it was. I mean, there we're going to talk about him more today. There were some vibes there today. Um, but yeah, so they talked about that and on the trade downside again, made the philosophy clear. If there's a guy that you like, that you know that, you know, pick 67, we're taking him, but we think he's going to be there at pick 75, that's when they trade down. And they did make that pretty clear. Yeah, they did. And it was interesting. I believe actually the first question that was asked Mm -hmm. to them was about their differing philosophies. We broke it down earlier this week. Sean Payton likes to trade up. Henry said he's done it 24 Mm -hmm. times in his career. George Payton, on the other hand, likes to trade back and really Mm -hmm. accumulate picks, especially when he's in a position of only having five Mm -hmm. picks in this draft. So they were asked about those conflicting philosophies and is there going to be any kind of friction between the two? And boy, they couldn't have been more Mm -hmm. on the same page. You can clearly tell that these guys are either going to be uh, between Sean Payton and George Payton, an excellent duo, kind of the Mickey Loomis, uh, Sean Payton duo that they had for 16 years Mm -hmm. there in New Orleans, or they're just in their Mm -hmm. honeymoon phase. But regardless of what it is, they're definitely seeing eye to eye right now, which is extremely important. Probably means mm-hmm. George Payton's going to be here after this draft as well. Yep. And then we'll see, you know, after either the honeymoon period wears off what happens there mm-hmm. or if they're just a match made in heaven. And, and it was smart for the Broncos to keep George Payton around. But what, I, what, I, what I'm meaning by that is they really truly are seeing eye to eye right now in terms of trading up, in terms of trading down. The Broncos, mm-hmm. an interesting thing, George Payton in the past, specifically last year when the Broncos didn't have uh, a first-round pick, George Payton made it clear that the Broncos wanted to move around in order to get more picks. Mm -hmm. He didn't say that today. He he said, we're going to be open to moving up, to moving down. So I think that maybe is Mm -hmm. a little bit of give from George Payton and kind of giving to Sean Payton Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, we don't have to just move down all the time in order to end the draft with seven picks. They didn't say what an expectation was of number of picks they want to end with. Um, When asked about, are you willing to trade future picks, picks this year, players, Mm -hmm. didn't really address that. So kind of keeping it very open. And Sean Payton, very interestingly enough, made it seem like it's easy to trade around. Whether you're mm-hmm. moving up, whether you're moving back, said it's very feasible. I think he even said, I don't want to say it's easy, but, yeah. and then essentially said, it's pretty easy to move around mm-hmm. if you want to. So I think that does open the door to the Broncos moving up. And I think we kind of got that window uh, by a few things the Broncos said. I think the Broncos could move up or down five to seven spots. We're, we're, we're not mm-hmm. going to see them move up in the first round unless it's for Jerry Judy, uh, and we're not going to see them move back, you know, 25 picks until they make their first pick in the draft. Yep, and going back, I mean, the Sean Payton-George Payton thing feels a lot like, like you said, the Sean Payton-Mickey Loomis relationship. I thought you were going to say it feels like us. Huh. Has our honeymoon period where wow, where are we, are we not meant to be for the long haul? Wow. Is that what you're saying? I mean, we're still here. Yeah, it's Can't true. More than it's that. true. Hey, Ryan's not, so maybe his honeymoon period is yeah. more. Yeah, Ryan got canceled actually. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> put that on the internet. Um, it's been four days. You mm-hmm. people may believe you. It's true. And Sean Payton, you know, he's brought up the Mickey Loomis thing, yeah. and specifically saying we never disagreed. Like by the time we made a decision on any draft pick on any free agent we never disagreed like there were never fights we were always on the same page yep. and again like the reason for that is because you know they said we've been in the same room every single day until nine o'clock at night for three weeks they've already figured all that out yep. they're on the exact same page about what the value of this trade-up is what the value of this trade down is how to rank all the players and there's yep. there's still some little things that are going to change over the next week and they made that part clear too that they're not done figuring out what the order is going to be um but that's why it's going like I don't expect any friction because if there was friction, they probably already, already passed the friction. Yep. They know exactly what their plan is, who they trade up for, when they trade down, what those values need to be. And so by the time you do it, like you're almost just a robot. Yeah. And I mean, they're clearly still in the honeymoon period mm-hmm. because boy, they're just greasing each other up in the best yep. way possible. Sean yep. keeps saying that that George is like Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis didn't just work with Sean Payton mm-hmm. day in and day out for 16 years, and they had a great professional relationship. 
Mickey and Sean have called each other best friends. So yeah. what a great comparison to give someone, yeah, calling true. them like uh, a person you've had so much business success with and then also prefer, personal success with where you're best friends. And then Sean or George gave it right mm -hmm. back to Sean, yeah. saying he reminds him a lot of Nick Saban, which pretty damn good compliment right there comparing <laughs> him to the greatest college coach of all time. Mm -hmm. But in the way... A well, worse NFL coach, though. Undeniably, gonna, Sean's just, the better. We're just going to focus on that, the. That kind of drags him down just, a little gonna bit. We're just going to focus on the college side huh. of Nick Saban. Okay. Could you imagine if uh, Sean stepped in and was like, wait, you comparing me to college Nick Saban? I think I got fired Or quick. <laughs> NFL Nick Saban. Um, but in terms of it, one mm -hmm. of the reasons he compared him to him is, uh, and of course, Bill Parcells was also thrown in this conversation, is the way that they like to build their teams with the big guys up front and yep. in the middle. But Henry. The Broncos don't have to go out and get a tackle. They don't have to go out on, on, on either side of the ball, mm -hmm. offensive or defensive side, because they spent $15 million on defensive linemen, Zach uh, Allen in free agency. They spent mm -hmm. uh, almost $18 million on Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. They spent $13 million on Ben Powers at guard. And so Sean Payton yep. and George Payton, they pointed that out. Like, yes, we do want to build from the inside out, but we feel like we've already built from the inside out. Definitely. And I thought what he was saying about Bill Parcells was really interesting with all that. Um, it's kind of crazy because Sean Payton started out saying like, oh, wow. You know, I don't have time to give all my thoughts about <laughs> Bill Parcells, an offensive lineman, and he then said, talked about for like. He said, "I'm gonna keep this one short." And let me tell you, anytime a coach or GM says, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep this one short," what happens? I mean, it gave like a five-minute. It's minute very answer. long. It was sick. I mean, like I, I wish like in a different world where Sean Payton wasn't a busy man. We could get like just a full one hour like Bill Parcells philosophy on drafting offensive linemen because even just a little bit we got was pretty awesome um but again so like he, he pointed out you know he was a young coach at the time he got to see how bill parcells and the gm kind of talked about things but specifically had prototypes they wanted for the position and again he simplified a lot of it but just knowing what exactly does this player do it's not look he's big and strong and fast how does he fit in but we need him to have a specific job and we've talked about some of those guys um i guess was that earlier this week earlier this week we kind of talked about that whole you know, Isaiah Simmons being the, the best example of a guy who's like, look at him. How could you not draft him? But also, what are you drafting him to do? And because of that, so many of those guys underperform. Um, but yeah, offensive line, he, he said that that's one of those things he learned from Bill Parcells. That's what you invest in. You got to know what to look for. You know exactly what the prototype needs to be. And they think that they hit on all those. So I'm, I'm even more sold about those new offensive linemen than I was before. So now let me ask you this kind of reading in between the lines here. Are the Broncos going to draft a center with their first pick? He was specifically asked about offensive line early in the draft. And like I said, Sean Payton shut it down, almost kind of blew up. Mm -hmm. could, you could tell he was frustrated. Like, <laughs> have you been listening to what I'm saying? Best player available. But he talked about the importance. And clearly, everyone outside of the organization mm -hmm. thinks that center is really the only hole that's yeah. left. And, and it's the only hole. So that means it's a big hole on mm -hmm. the offensive line. Sean talked about just the importance of the offensive line. Do you think that you can read in between the lines and say that there is an emphasis on center? Or do you believe Sean back a couple of weeks ago when he said, we view Lloyd Cushenberry as our starting center right now? I believe that. Um, I do think that that's a place where you can upgrade. And I think they know that. I think that it's a lot more likely to take a center than a tackle. You know, if all things are equal, um, and especially knowing that that's where their draft pick is, that there are three centers who people are kind of just interchanging in different places centers typically don't go in the first round even the first half of the second round is really early yeah i think there's a real chance that they say wait two centers off the board we think this guy's the best and he's still here yeah and and if that's the case they would take a center are they going to look for a center because because there's a perceived weakness at center whether they think so or not i'm not sold that they will but i do believe that they think lloyd cushionberry is a starting center and i we both kind of disagree but you know, if the case would be, yeah, well, look, Dalton Reisner's not getting any money. That's who is on his left side. Yeah. You also have Graham Glasgow on the other side, who's missed a bunch of time, or not Graham Glasgow, sorry, uh, Quinn Miners on the other side, who's missed a bunch of time. Um, we've talked a little bit about him. He'd never played in a two-point stance in pass protection before. Like, a very raw prospect coming in who kind of worked his way there. Like, 
you could make the case that Lloyd really got the the short end of the stick, and maybe that's what they see and see that the traits could play up more. Shout out to the comment section. Already blowing up a couple hundred comments in here already. And Henry, a lot of the comments I've seen are uh, people saying that the team has overlooked mm. corner right now and needs some mm-hmm. help at edge. And speaking of kind of George Payton and Sean Payton's philosophies, uh, Sean talked about that, talking mm-hmm. about historically teams value people that can cover mm-hmm. the the passer in ter- or, or defend the passer in terms of mm-hmm. cornerbacks, people that can get after the passer in terms of pass rushers and edge mm-hmm. rushers, people that can protect the quarterback in terms of offensive lines, specifically the outside guys, and then the passers themselves. I think that's pretty obvious to everyone, and Sean Payton wasn't trying to break any news there, but... If you believe Sean Payton saying historically, and he's going to bind to the historic part, well, then Sean Payton's giving some credit to cornerbacks, to the mm-hmm. edge rushers. And he was actually asked specifically about edge rushers. Uh, and he kind of, I think that's actually when he brought this answer in, but he didn't really talk about if the Broncos need to mm-hmm. add edge rusher. That open-endedness to that question or to that answer could mean, yeah, we want some edge guys. Yeah. Again, like that's, it's crazy how almost nobody got two questions today and we still went almost an hour. Yeah. But if we had, I'd be really curious to say, or to ask about the edge rusher. Like, are you willing to like, you have a loaded room there, but also you need talent. Same thing with quarterback. That would have been where I would have gone first actually is like, if, would you consider drafting the quarterback? Just knowing you have Jared, would you be willing to carry three on the roster? Because he might be. Yep. And then I also realized, I was like, I wouldn't actually ask that because I want to go back. Cause maybe he'd just say, yeah, we did that every year in new Orleans and I haven't checked. Um, but yeah, I, would be curious what he does there. Um, and I do think I actually went back and watched the pre-draft press conference from last year and you grinding. Oh yeah. Grinding so hard. (laughs) But one of the things George Payton was asked last year was, do you think that there's a cornerback, um, in like day two or day three of the draft that could come in and, and play a lot of snaps for you who could, could immediately be a part of that rotation. And he just said pretty bluntly, like, yes, this class is deep enough that we think that we can probably like find somebody who's going to be an important part of the defense at that position that late. And then you look and see Damari Mathis. So again, like I get that there's people who believe you need to go find another corner. And honestly, I agree. Like, and I, I think you just need one more insurance corner. Maybe they think Tremont Smith can be that guy. He's just, I, I would like a little bit more juice than, than Tremont Smith. Juice is a weird word to say he doesn't have, but um, I think they just like Damari Mathis. I think it's kind of as simple as that. They think what they saw from Damari Mathis is a, a, a starting corner, and there's no reason to to worry about that. What's so fascinating about you doing your homework and going back to last uh-huh. year and George Payton saying at the pre-draft press conference yeah. that uh, he does believe there's starters mm-hmm. there at the cornerback position. That was not the answer we got today, not just mm-hmm. about cornerback, Henry, but about anyone yeah. in this draft George I think it was George pretty much said um yeah yeah it's going to be really hard to come by uh impact players with the third round pick so mm-hmm. he's setting expectations and, and I think fairly so it's true but it's yeah. interesting mm-hmm. that he's already setting expectations of this year's draft may not do much mm-hmm. this year and it's kind of what we talked about that's why yep. you can kind of grade it right now already as a b minus c plus for this draft and it was interesting how they talked about this and it really made me think that maybe the broncos do go at a position that won't be a starter this year in Definitely. terms of um it could be offensive tackle it could be a wide receiver it could be quarterback yep. by saying when we look at these guys, we don't just evaluate what they can do for us mm-hmm. this year. We're looking at a bigger picture. And I think what's mm-hmm. really interesting is George Payton the past two years, one, he was drafting for Vic Fangio mm-hmm. his first time around. Then he was drafting for Nathaniel Hack at that time. I think George was optimistic that Vic was going to be around mm-hmm. for a little bit. I think he was optimistic that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He can't be optimistic about Sean Payton being here for a little bit. And why I say can't be optimistic because it's a guarantee yep, it's that a he's fact. going to be here. So he can kind of build more for the future with these drafts than saying, shoot, I need to get someone that can help out this guy right now. No, instead, he can kind of take a step back. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where they're looking is not necessarily mm-hmm. guys for right now, but it's, that's why it wouldn't surprise me, Henry, mm-hmm. if they do get a, get a position with their first pick that's not going to be a starter. Definitely. 
And there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, if you draft a first-round pick, you expect that to be an immediate starter. Second-round pick, you're hoping that that's a starter at some point in the first season. Third-round pick... And definitely impact early on. Yeah, rotation yep. Im- immediately. Um, and then third-round pick, it's like, if that guy starts as a rookie, congrats. Like, you just maybe not won the lottery, but came pretty close to that. Um, and, and so that's why that makes sense. But then the other part of it is... You have the pandemic with the extra year of eligibility. This is another one I'd be curious, just after listening to what he said last year, but but that 2021 draft after the pandemic season, a lot of the guys who would have gone to the draft went back to school. So it's a really shallow draft. Last year, you have a super deep draft because more of those guys have to come out. So you wind up with a bunch of undrafted guys who probably should have been drafted. This year, I'm not really sure how it's played out, whether it's totally balanced again whether i mean it really could be deeper or less deep or anything just because of how weird everything's been um but just because last year was so deep you can't expect that level of depth again this year um so the idea that you probably could find a rotational player in day two day three as a db last year of course you can't do that this year it kind of makes sense um but i would be curious what they would have thought yeah i completely agree henry we've only scratched the surface yes. of what we learned today let's we haven't get even in... gotten to javante and all that i know we haven't even wow. got to jerry so let's no. get into that after i tell you about our friends over at fubo tv henry these late nuggets and abs games they're getting me it's hard for me <laughs> to get out of the house but What's nice is I don't have to. With Fubo TV, it's got the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. It's got the Avs games on there. Over 140 channels over at Fubo TV, and they've got the Nuggets, Avs. Of course, when Broncos comes around, they're going to have those as well. And you can start watching immediately with a free seven-day trial. There's no contracts, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. Their interface is really good. You go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR, and you're going to get 15% off. So make sure to check them out, especially right now with playoffs going on. I believe we're in the middle of a seven-day stretch where there's uh, where there's playoffs, nuggets, playoffs, abs going on. And if you want to watch the abs tonight, try to even up the series, check out our friends over at FuboTV. That's FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Scan the QR code on our screen as well, and you'll get 15% off. And also, because there's so much going on with the nuggets and the abs, make sure that you are on DraftKings. Um, they've got different deals every day. It's pretty crazy. Um, the way that I typically bet is like I just put a bunch of money in for like a week and say whatever I have at the end of this week is what I'm pulling out. That's like my strategy that I've been rolling with for like half a year now, and it's worked really well. Um, but the way to do it is just say, okay, what are the boosts? I'm taking maybe not every boost, but just about every boost saying, oh, I can I can make this parlay and get my money back as a free bet if I miss or I get this sort of boost if I make this kind of parlay or this sort of bet or whatever else. There is so much going on on DraftKings right now. And right now is also a good time to sign up because if you make a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA game, you will get $150 in bonus bets if you get that bet right. Uh, it's an awesome promotion from DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And uh, again, you can also score no sweat, same game playoff, par- or yeah, same game parlay every day during the nba playoffs so you put up to 10 bucks down if it doesn't hit you get 10 dollars free bet back if it hits obviously you just get to win a bunch of money which is cool too um so make sure you open the DraftKings sportsbook app opt in place the same game parlay on parlay on any nba game if it doesn't hit you'll get that bonus bet and uh download the app now <laughs> and sign, <laughs> sign up with the code dnvr you customers can make a five dollar pregame money line bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets if that team wins, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMVR. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline M A dot Oh M A. Some we yeah, are inconsistent I mean, I how we write the copy at this high, company. Really high um, <laughs> and so I, sometimes I assume typo. But yeah, if you're in Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline M A dot org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY, uh, which is 467369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 
in, in Kansas. Um, again, we could have used a comma set period, <laughs> but whatever. 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and see state-specific responsible gambling resources. Take a deep breath, Henry. No, I can't. Ready? Um, one Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Because you guys love the BPA chant so much, mm-hmm. clearly the chat was all over it when we started the show with that. We had to start with the Jerry chant to start yep. the second segment, and we did get some more comments on Jerry Judy. The last time yep. we talked to George Payton and Sean Payton, Sean Payton completely shut down the idea of trading Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton or Jerry Judy. George Payton shut it down. I Basically. Wouldn't say he, I wouldn't say he was as strong mm-hmm. last time when we talked to him. Today, I think you guys need to hear it straight from George's mouth talking about Jerry Judy because I don't want to be perceived like I'm saying one thing and George said the other or vice versa or whatever Mm -hmm. Henry thinks as well. So I want to hear exactly what George Payton said when he was asked about Jerry Judy's Mm -hmm. fifth-year option. He was asked, uh, you know, will could anything in the draft change the way you view Jerry? And this was his answer. In a second. Yeah, I mean, I think I spoke at the owners' meetings. We're high, really high on Jerry. We don't anticipate doing anything with Jerry. Uh, Jerry finished strong last five games, over 500 yards. He was one of the top receivers in the league, like you said. Uh, we like Jerry. He's going to be here. All right. I hope you were able to hear that. We weren't able to hear that. But <laughs> um, what did you think of that? Because I thought if he had just said the second part, then no questions about it. Mm-hmm. Jerry's going to be here. No worries about it. But he did at first say, like, we really like Jerry. We think he's going to be here. I thought the yep. door was left a little bit open. I'm not trying to create drama and say that Jerry Judy's absolutely going to be traded, but I still think we kind of stand where we stood a month ago, where we stood two months ago, that if the Broncos are given the right deal, which is a lot, mm-hmm. they, they want a first-round pick for him, yep. which is a lot, then they'd be willing to move him. But right now, th- th- they don't expect to get that because, Henry, they haven't got that in yep. a couple of months. That's no disrespect to Jerry now. That's uh, mm-hmm. that, or that's no disrespect to Jerry. A first-round pick would be huge. And Jose saying, can we put the Jerry talk to rest now, please? If, if that's how you took it, then sure, you can. Yeah. I just think that the, the door's left a little bit open. I, I It's not totally shut. Yeah. Like, I, I do think that probably stands in the same place, but I also think nobody's giving up a first, and then I don't even think it's like a, oh, that pick 31, that's a first. Well, first of all, you're not training to the Chiefs anyway. So then <laughs> you're saying, you like, pick 30, you take it. <laughs> like, I, I really don't think they're coming to a deal, especially given what they said about him, saying, like, yeah, he played like one of the best receivers in the NFL in the last few weeks. Yep. We like Jerry. He's going to be here. It's weird that they haven't said like, yeah, we're picking up the fifth year option. Mm. That's that is, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's anything to read into that because how could you not pick up that fifth year option? Like that's a steal of a deal for a wide receiver. So they're going to do it. Why not just say that you're going to do it? Especially, I get it. A couple of months ago when we talked mm-hmm. to him at the combine, it's like, oh, we're not we're not even getting close. Yeah. To it. We're still months away from there. Mm-hmm. But now we're two weeks away yeah. from the deadline to pick Jerry Judy's contract mm-hmm. up. To me, it, it, you have to pick it up, uh, especially if, it, if mm-hmm. you trade him or not, you pick it up because a team that trades for mm-hmm. him is absolutely going to want Jerry Judy yep. on a one-year $12 million deal the yep. following year. But if you keep him... You absolutely want him to be on the team for uh, for, for for next year at that first year op- or that fifth year option. So to me, Henry, it's a no brainer. It's just fascinating that mm-hmm. they're just not willing to say it right now. Yeah, I, I mean, think. The re- and, and the, I mean, truly, the only thing to read into that for me, if you want to read into it, why they mm-hmm. won't commit to it is if they just want to give the option of a team that would potentially trade for mm-hmm. him that option to pick it up. But again, a team's not going to trade for Jerry Judy and then not pick that option up. Yeah, and a team's just not going to trade for Jerry Judy. And I think the reason we just heard so much about the trades for Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton is just because there's, like, who else is anybody going to trade for? Like, there's there's nobody else on this roster that there could be trade rumors about, and you just know fair, that they're short point. on picks, and you know that they're a five-win team. And when you win five games... You, you try to trade pieces, especially when you're short on draft picks. Um, but you go through this roster and say, okay, who could they try to trade? It's like we've talked about, mm, could they trade Jonathan Cooper? 
You're not getting national media talking about that. It's a seventh nope. round pick. There's nope. only a few nope. guys on the roster, and that's why it keeps coming up and keeps coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are not trading Jerry Judy, and there's no. It, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Like we saw the way he played, and did he turn 23 yet at that point? I think he. I think he had. I think he was 23 by the end of the season. Like that's. Jerry Judy's gonna be a Bronco, and they're gonna give him the fifth year option because paying him 13 million bucks or whatever, a little less than that, it's a steal. Like, it will be nice because one week from today, no more Jerry Judy trade talks. It's dead. In uh, almost one week from today, in one week and eight hours from today. Okay, in one week and eight <laughs> hours, which is going to still be that day. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> another J on the team, specifically on offense. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams, Henry, you asked them about Javante Williams and mm-hmm. uh, where he's at right now and if they need to draft someone in the mm-hmm. draft for him. And George said that Javante is rehabbing, his rehab's mm-hmm. going really well, yep. but they're not sure when they're going to have him back. He mm-hmm. does expect him to be back at some point this season, mm-hmm. which is good news that they're Definitely. not ruling him out for the entire season. Maybe but the he- biggest news of the day. But he also wasn't saying that he's going to be back th- at the start yep. of the season. Was very was very hesitant to put a timeline on it. Yep. He said he'll be back this season. We don't know when. Which, again, that's the first kind of movement that we've had um, since they've said, like, yeah, he could be here. He could be there. Like, there's our first hard. He will be back this season. We just don't know when. Um, again, they went back to BPA. Uh, but so So I asked George about it. Sean took the mic and had some notes there as well. And he basically said... You know, we're going BPA. We're going with the best player available. Um, but just because we have Javante doesn't mean we, we can't add more. He brought up when they signed Adrian Peterson and had Mark Ingram with the Saints. And what they do? They traded up for Alvin Kamara. Mm. And again, that wasn't something that they had planned to do. Well, I guess it was on their board. It was on their list. If he's still there at this point, how could we not do it? He was there at that point, traded up, went and got him. And if that means you have three, that means you have three. And you figure it out from there. So they didn't shut that door down. You brought up Jameer Gibbs before. I mean, that that feels like the guy, right? Yeah. Like that feels like the yeah. one who really fits into all of this. It's that Alvin Kamara. It's man, yeah. we don't need a running back. Although I think they do, but in their mind, yep. they could say we don't need a running mm-hmm. back. But boy, there's this guy here, and he's a first round talent in my book. Yep. There's because he's a running back. There's a chance that he slides into the 40s. Mm-hmm. They probably have their pick of if he slides past this pick, we're going to trade these two picks to go up and get him. You think yep. he's going right around 40, 41. But let's say they say he's the 20th best player in the draft. If he's there at 49, then we're gonna, we have this deal in place to go get him. I think that is someone that we cannot look past, especially just what mm-hmm. that would do for Sean Payton and give him such a comfortability with having Kamara with, or, and with having uh, Samaj P. Ryan to kind of be that Mark Ingram role. Definitely. And, and we don't know how exactly they build that trade-up board. He's got to be on it. Like, yeah. depend, no matter how you kind of slice it, like he's in, whether they just say like, okay, there's only these positions we're willing to trade up for just because anybody else we're trading up to get somebody who's going to ride the bench. If they say like, everybody's on that list, everybody has a spot where we take them. Uh, no matter how they do it, Jameer Gibbs is one of the guys who they would trade up for. The question is just how much are they willing to give up? Because right now, I think DraftKings has it as plus 300. So a one in four chance, essentially, that two running backs go in the first round. Bijan Robinson's going to be the first. So that means it's basically a one in four chance that Jameer Gibbs goes in the first round. The odds makers are saying it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like you said, that means where does he go? Somewhere in the 40s, probably. Yep. Once he gets in the 50s, once he gets in the 60s. And who knows? Maybe they don't even want it. I would imagine they'd give up something for him. If he's there at 67, I'd imagine they absolutely take him. If he's there at oh, 65, yeah. I'd imagine they're willing to be like, ah, take next year's seventh. We'll get up there. You know? I honestly think that could be the biggest splurge where they'd be willing to go to 50 or something like that. It's possible. Assuming like, hey, Paris Johnson, the top 10 tackle. Oh, you're still here. Barring right. anything crazy like that, right, right. there's a real chance. But yeah, I mean, Sean Payton going out of his way when he didn't need to talk to bring up that exact scenario... I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And just especially since yesterday, we talked about the comparison of what Sean had with uh, exactly. Mike Ingram or Mark Ingram with 
uh, Alvin Kamara and now mm-hmm. how that could be very similar here. Whether you view mm-hmm. Mark Ingram as Samaj P. Ryan or whether you view Mark Ingram as Javante Williams, you could sell yourself either way on that. Exactly. And I think that's probably why it caught my ear and your ear too, is just because we had this exact conversation yep. yesterday. Like if we hadn't done that yet, or if that was a couple of weeks ago, maybe we'd be saying, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the trading up. There's a way you could trade up. All makes sense. But when we've had Jameer Gibbs in our heads for the last 24 hours, uh, how, how could you not hear that as Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I certainly heard it as Jameer yes. Gibbs, and, and it got me going. And also, a lot of talk of Alabama. There's Nick Saban yep. talk. Little, uh, potentially, we were hearing a little Jameer Gibbs in our mm-hmm. heads. Um, okay, also, analytics. That's something that the Broncos are really going mm-hmm. to value. And George Payton, or Sean Payton, is just blown away by the analytics of the Broncos. Yeah, and, and that's been kind of George Payton's doing, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so it's been since he took over that they've really invested big money into the analytics department, which is just a good thing. You know, I think sometimes you can go overboard with it and trust the numbers a little bit too much. But when you are the Denver Broncos and have the resources that they have and the commitment to winning that they have, you should have a great analytics department. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, he's a guy who's willing to listen to the analytics. If you have some maybe Bill Belichick type coach who says, nope, I know what I'm doing. I don't need that. Still good to have it because at least you have somebody say, hey, here's here's what the numbers say right here. Do with that what you will. Sean Payton, it seems like somebody who, again, in his words, uh, I'm like a guy who just got the keys to a new car um, <laughs> and still haven't figured out how to get the seat warmers on. There it is. So I, he loves car analogies. He's taking the rear of your mirrors off of cars. Yeah. He's still trying oh, yeah. to get the seat heaters going. I mean, he's a 60-year-old man. Like, <laughs> we'll be talking about cars at that point in our lives, too. Like, it's just what you do. But again, I mean, I think that I, I don't take that, first of all, as, oh, wow, he's never seen an analytics department. Like, he's totally lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. No. I see that as, hey, there's this new thing, and he's probably leaning into it a bit much. But that he, he also said, you know, that means on Sundays we're going to know exactly what we're going to be doing on 4th and 4 because we talked about it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And he was fired up about this, talked about those guys are going to be in the draft room. Um, they're a part of the, the evaluation process. Again, like how much of a part? It's going to be very depending on how much Sean Payton wants to lean on them. But just having that investment is so good for any team, regardless of whether you listen or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's just clearly blown away with just how much information there is. And yep. uh, information's a great thing as long as you can shift through it. Yep. Uh, and I think George Payton's helping him along in that as well. Okay, Henry, we've got a tight schedule here in the studios. We That's do? why we're in Studio oh B. Goodness. So we got to continue this. Another very interesting thing that we found out from Sean Payton today, asked about how the off-season workout program's going from the Broncos because they haven't told us a single thing about it. They won't mm-hmm. let us in the building. They did say. They haven't forgotten about us. Uh, Sean said that. Yeah. Hasn't forgotten about hasn't us. We'll forgot it. Well, me hasn't forgot about us. He just hasn't wanted to see us. You know, that, that may be mm-hmm. even a little bit more... Insult, yeah, maybe every day hurts, he's hurts just sitting the heart there a thinking. More. Like, yeah, yeah, he's thinking about us. He's, he's thinking, thinking about how like, happy he is that we're not here. <laughs> exactly. Like, isn't this nice? Hasn't uh, forgotten. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't forgot about us. Um, but one of the things that we found out about the off-season conditioning program, he says it's going well. We're meeting. He's meeting people, putting faces to names, which he said is just kind of a, a funny human aspect of this job. How he and mm-hmm. George Payton over the past couple of months have been talking about all these guys, mm-hmm. but Sean Payton has barely met any of these guys until last week mm-hmm. asked about the attendance i don't think they really said the specific attendance which i'm not surprised yeah. at um but he said we're not taught we're not having football meetings yet mm-hmm. which is very interesting um yep. just with how much of a football guy sean payton is and we talked about this last week they're not doing football meetings they're not doing uh football work right now all they're doing is strength and conditioning again like i I don't know what the best way to do things is because I'm not a football coach and I've never like heard from football coaches about all the what the analytics guys say about doing all these different things. I'm not a doctor either or trainer or any of that. All I know is they're doing something different than what they've done in the past five years when they've easily been the most injured team in football. Change is good mm-hmm. in that regard when things are going wrong. And I don't really care what the change is. Unless unless they're saying like, yeah, we just brought in this guy who's like a, a healer. It's like we just light some candles and like 
mash some crystals up or whatever we do and as long as it's not that sort of stuff i'm, I'm all in well and sean payton's very confident in what he's doing and i think that's important it's certainly uh leading over into the staff as well and the final takeaway one of the things that sean payton closed with was out mm. of nowhere henry sean payton mm-hmm. took a shot took a friendly jab what would you call it? Because out of nowhere, in his final answer, Sean Payton said, hopefully we can keep the golf carts upright. Ooh, yep. going at Russell Wilson, maybe in a fun way. Uh, it could have been playful, but I mean, did he say it straight-faced or what? And just threw it in there. My yep. ears, you know, 50 minutes in, you kind of get a little, uh, you kind of <laughs> lose your mind a little bit. And then he says that, and you're like, Whoa, whoa, what a calling. Hopefully we can keep our golf carts upright. Of course, comes on the heels. One week ago today, Russell Wilson was in a golf cart that tipped over into a bunker. That was not a coincidence. Sean Payton said that today. No, no, not not, not a coincidence. Because nobody's ever said that before. You mentioned your ears getting like, oh, it's like falling asleep maybe a little bit. Well, my internet started to drop out oh, no. right after I asked my question. At least you got a question. Then. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> first of all, thank goodness for that. But then as I'm realizing, like, it's frozen. Like, it froze right after Sean started talking. I was like, please don't be like a one time where he, like, throws it back. And it's like, no, so what right, do you, like, right. and it's like, please don't have me. Well, he did it. that. No, I went back and watched. That's not going to work. I, that's why I texted you. That's like half the yeah, reason I was yeah, like, yeah. hey, my connection is really working. He's like, oh, that explains why this ends. Like, uh, but yeah, I mean. First of all, I think it was just a joke because he's a funny guy. He likes jokes. I like the joke. I thought it was funny. I, I think thought I, I thought it was funny as exactly. well. Exactly. And so I don't think there's anything to read into. If there was something to read into, though, which there is not, but if there was, I would take it as a positive for the relationship between him and Russ. Mm, like it's one of those to have some playful fun exactly. Because if you didn't like him and didn't get along, you don't make jokes like that. I mean, unless that was like a straight up like f this guy. Like, but that's how you wind up with like the Rudy Gobert punching the guy type deal, you know? Right. But like, and I don't think Sean Payton's gonna just make toxic things more toxic. I don't think he says something like that unless things are like solid with Russ, you know? Yeah. But also, I don't think it matters at all. But if it did, that's that's how I'd read it. It it was it was fun, and people in the comments say, don't blow this up to be anything more than it is. It was a hilarious. It was a good uh, joke. Very out of nowhere comment that he made uh that is going to be talked about everywhere so so it's it's fun it's fun to bring up but henry if you are in a golf cart accident or someone hits you with a golf cart or someone hits you with a car or a bus or pedestrian pedestrian accident you need to call our friends over at bacchus (laughs) and shanker in fact bacchus and shanker is just watching above Henry right now. Literally, their neon sign right above Henry's head. If you need to talk to them about any sort of accident, injury you've been in, call them at 222-2222. They've got 100 people on staff. And not only do they win, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients in the past. You don't pay them up front. You don't pay them during the process. You don't pay them until you win. And like I said, they win over a billion dollars. And also... They've been through these terrible situations before at the very, very top of their company. They've had to deal with terrible things like this, so they can also relate to you. Uh, So it's it's very very unfortunate if you have this, but they can relate to you. So check them out. Give them a call at 222-2222, Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, And also, if you're looking at that Bacchus and Shanker sign, Bacchus, sorry. (laughs) And I know it's the first time I've ever said it that way. Um, and your eyes might be hurting just a little bit because, I mean, look at that thing. First of all, right. call Bacchus and Shanker and sue us for making you look at the sign through the camera. Maybe don't be promoting how to sue us. Oh, okay, I guess yeah. that's fair. But yeah, definitely get yourself don't. some shady rays if because... The, if that's the case, then I should be suing them as well because I have to stare at these bright lights behind the camera every day. Wow. There's Ooh. one light. It's yeah, right because you put here. us in Studio put your B mic today. On you here. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is your job. You can't say I'm working. This is your job. Henry, Henry, you can't You're... have a conversation with you here. He's not talking back. I mean, everybody so can imagine a... what he's saying. Just some like you nonsensical. Can't hear me on the mic because we're so close. <laughs> I know because you put us in Studio B with one light. There you go. I guess we can count that as two. If you guys love this infighting, give us a thumbs up, please. <sighs> It's going to be out fighting soon. Um, But yeah, get some shady rays because it's really bright in 
the world. And so you want to protect your eyes from the sun and from uh, all the different things that are also bright, like that light and that light. The wind, I guess that counts as the sun over there. The great sunglasses, um, like they're all polarized, which is awesome. And if you use the code DMVR, you can get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. They're rated five stars by over 250,000 people. They have a lost or stolen, lost and broken replacement policy, which means if you lose or break them, um, they won't ask any questions. They'll just send you a new pair. Awesome stuff. Again, um, also, if you don't lose or break them, you can exchange them for 30 days for free. That's cool too. But Shady Rays, code DMVR, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized, polarized sunglasses. Solarized. That, solarized. I like that. Doesn't that actually, a, it makes way more sense than polarized. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. But that was polarized. Henry Genius. You just came up with it, especially for Shady solarized. Rays. Wow. Shady Rays Solarized. Wow. Solarized. Damn. We got solarized something. I, let me think about what that means We've kind of solarized this room. We've blocked off the window with... Wouldn't uh, that be unsolarizing? No, it'd be, so, it'd be solarizing because, because we polarizing, get... you're protecting yourself from the sun. So solarizing would be the same. And there's no sun coming through those windows with uh, two massive pieces of plywood blocking the windows. Mm-hmm. Is that now it? we just tint those windows. Yeah, Henry's really bothered we by the to... window behind me. Uh, I mean, look at it. Just it's having, just glowing. Uh, Oh, yeah, here he even agrees. Look, we're all coming along and agreeing right now. Yeah, that means this I must is, be wrong. This is great. Look at this. Happy times right now. Speaking of happy times, this is a big, a big show for us because finally Broncos stuff talking mm-hmm. about the chat is absolutely popping mm-hmm. off. But the thumbs up isn't really popping off yet. If you guys could hit us with the thumbs up, guys and gals, hit us the thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. It really helps us, especially kind of the slow time of the year, especially when we've got a big show on deck for y'all. <laughs> really helps us. If you're listening on the podcast site, subscribe. Hit us with a five-star review. All of that is free, and we really, really appreciate each and every one rolling with you or, mm-hmm. or rolling with us today. Henry, there was one more takeaway that Ooh. we need to get to. The very last question was asked by someone and said, they said, uh, Sean, I did. I bet you did not expect for the first question about quarterbacks to come mm-hmm. 50 minutes into the press conference. And I took offense to that. Wow. Henry, I asked a question about wow. a quarterback about five minutes in to the press you conference did. about John Elway. Yep. And it was interesting because, of course, this is the first time we've talked to Sean Payton and George Payton since John Elway officially stepped away mm-hmm. from the team. George Payton gave a, you know, a very good answer about how uh, John's helped mm-hmm. him a lot, meant a lot to this league, yada, yada, yada. Sean Payton said, yeah, he's, he's got an office here. Uh, we see him all the time. He's in here, mm-hmm. going to lean on him. Um, and, you know, he's still going to be helping out the Denver Broncos. Yeah. But then he also said, like, Ooh. yeah, and I hope John enjoys retirement. But kind of some conflicting information there about John. See, I didn't hear he's going to be helping out the Broncos. I heard he's going to be around. Yeah, yeah. Which I yeah. think is more of like, a, yeah, it's John. Like, he's on the sideline whenever he wants to be on the sideline. Like, he's around. And I, not necessarily I like, took it inside the building. Oh, interesting. Not just at games on the sideline. Okay, um, interesting. And one of the things that John said when he, uh, I believe with Mike Kliss, had the interview where he told him that he was stepping away from the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be there for those guys. And George made it clear yeah. that, uh, he's still relying on John in some ways. So mm, I, I don't think, see, I you, think, th- you heard that one. I, I didn't hear that one. I did. He, he actually, I think, said it twice. I think he really? circled back and said it. Like, huh. you know, I'm still leaning on John, uh, and John is still going to be a resource for me that I lean huh. on. I think he said it twice. Really? Um, and then Sean also pointing at it. I think it's more so just uh, a tip of the cap to someone who's meant more to this organization than, mm-hmm. than anyone in the past. But I also think it means that John is not getting paid by the Broncos. He does not have an official title by yep. the Broncos. But there's a chance they kept an office for him just because he's meant that much. And I believe a couple of other teams have done this with with their uh, people that have meant so much to mm-hmm. them in their organization is that John Elway uh, can just always go in the building. Mm-hmm. And if they need some help, they, they may call him up. So I, I think that that's even a, a really cool little thing for John to have maybe for the rest of his life mm-hmm. is just the ability to always stop by and, and have some place to go with them. Yeah. And speaking of offices like that, so Tommy Lasorda, you know him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering, yeah. cause I felt like that was kind of on the line. Um, but he was like the manager for the Dodgers yep. for, I was trying to pull up 20 years. That's insane. First of all, to run the Dodgers that for is. 20 years. Yep. Um, and I've been with them for forever and was a pitcher and all that stuff. Um, but Hall of Famer, all that, they kept him, uh, they gave him an office. 
And so I won a scholarship, went out to LA when I was in college. And one of the things we did was like, we just got to hang out with Tommy Lasorda in his nice. office for like 15 minutes. And it's like overlooking Dodger stadium, Love like that. before the game, he had just turned 90. Like that was his 90th birthday. And so he's like walking in and like, everybody's taking pictures. Like it's LA, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he gets like the crowd and he's yeah. like limping in. That was crazy though. And it makes sense that like a guy like that, you say, Hey, here's an office for you. Your same office you've always had. And you feel free just to come back and be around as much as you want because he's, at that point, the Dodgers were like kind of the underachievers. It's like, how have they not won a World Series in forever? They've spent all this, and now they're like good or whatever. But it makes sense for the Broncos too. Like, keep John Elway around the building, around the stadium, yep. around the community as yep. much as you possibly can. And by saying, yeah, here's an office. Guess what? What's your favorite whiskey? We'll put that back there too. Like, yep. you that's what you do to keep people around like that. Yep. And and I absolutely love that. And I think that's the way John Elway should be treated. And I, and yep. I like that Sean Payton is embracing that as well and john also knows a lot of football so mm-hmm. if, if he's around ask him a couple football questions so i love just him having him a resource and just giving him a home there yeah. um okay henry let's dive into our player profile series a week away from the draft we're still looking at some players and today let's look at defensive end zach harrison out yeah. of ohio state yeah so he's one who again five-star recruit <laughs> Like you, you, you love that. Of course he is. He went to Ohio State. Now he's a draft pick. But he, he was the top uh, defensive lineman in the country coming out of high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just an absolute freak. Um, I can't see exactly what I wrote. Physical tools. Yeah, yeah not yeah, totally yeah. freak, but physical tools. There you go. Basically the same thing. Um, yeah. Uh, the production obviously hasn't matched that. Y'all just flipping me off. I just want <laughs> don't think just because you're not on camera you get away with that stuff. He's doing it with a smile too. I yeah, love it. You were smiling too. You're laughing. But uh, so Zach Harrison, obviously, like if he had produced to that level, he's a first round pick because he has all the tools. You look at 6'5", 274. I mean, geez, like what more could you be asking for? Probably fits best as a defensive end in a four three. Would, yeah, would be my take. Um, but again, there's, there's plenty of things that you could do with him. Um, if you want to say like, look at him, like that, that can just be Bradley Chubb. Um, I don't think he spent too much time playing going backward, but again, what were you getting out of Bradley Chubb in coverage? What do you expect out of Randy Gregory in coverage? It's just a thing that you have to do sometimes when you run a three, four, the other option is say, maybe you don't even have to put any weight on him. Maybe you could just say, we can play him as a three, four defensive end. We'll, we'll structure the defense. So he's playing on the edge. And again, like, that's something that you worry about in the first year or two and say, hmm, he hasn't really done too much of this exactly. Um, but what did George Payton say today? It's not just about what a guy can do in year one. It's about getting yeah. somebody who can be a great player. And once he figures out his game, assuming you can teach it to him, I think he's going to be fitting just fine in any scheme. And with the tools and the strength and the size and all of that sort of stuff, he's going to be a good player. And I guess real quick, just because I said not the most productive in college, Three and a half sacks this year, two sacks year before, two before that, three and a half a year before that. Again, three and a half is a true freshman. You see that and think, wow, this guy's going to be a freak. Um, eight tackles for loss last year, which is a decent number. Again, it's not like he did nothing. Um, it's just that he, if, if, if he was a little bit bigger and stronger, he would have just mauled everybody. If he could have just played straight up on the edge and been a little bit faster, quicker, his game would translate. He is somebody who you need to refine things with and, and you need to f- work on the tools, just a, a work on the uh uh, traits a little bit to work on the skills a little bit you'll you'll figure it out but a good pick and i think he just got mocked to the broncos right i don't know i i, I haven't okay. seen that um probably though i mean a lot yeah. of mocks out there and henry you do a good job laying out what zach harrison is mm-hmm. jose says not a good sell henry that's a no for me and <laughs> i i don't think you were necessary i think you were trying to to sell him but you 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 laid it out perfectly mm-hmm. about him, but what I took from it and what I took from watching the tape is he's just too much of a tweener. Too much yeah. of a tweener. Now, if you want to believe in him, you say Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb was 275 coming Jeez. out uh, uh, of North Carolina State when the Broncos took him number five overall. 6'5". Zach Harrison, 6'5", 274. So you yep. can say that, you know, he, he can just be the next Bradley Chubb. But when you watch him play, he's always got his hand in the dirt. He's always a true defensive end. He's truly mm-hmm. a down lineman. And I don't think 
that he would he would be a defensive end for the Broncos in, in a 3-4 because you, you kind of need to be closer to 300 pounds, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't play that way. He does play more like a, a pass rusher, mm-hmm. but I just think he might be too big to kind of be that outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I just, in just the way his game is, it really does fit a 4-3 defensive yep. end. And so for me, I just, even if he is able to develop, I just I just don't see it in a 3-4 with where the Broncos are. Um, so for me, I'm going to have to pass here. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to be optimistic, you do say that he's mm-hmm. he's Bradley Chubb, uh, going to mm-hmm. be that big size pass rusher. Yeah. Now, no. one, one of the things, and really quick, um, if you want to be optimistic about him, you say that there is maybe not the most production, but there still is some production. His production really reminds me of Randy Gregory, not just in the stats, because it's not like the sacks are huge, but mm-hmm. the forced fumbles are huge. The tackles for a loss are huge. Always being around the ball is huge. That's exactly what Randy Gregory is. The sack numbers for Randy haven't always been up there, but when he plays, he's like leading the league in forced fumbles. We saw that until mm-hmm. he got hurt in the first four weeks last year. He's really long like Randy Gregory, but to complete. Put it into comparison. Henry, how big is Randy Gregory? Just like, is he a normal size outside linebacker? Is he is he big? To me, he's like a massive physical specimen. He is massive. So he is a massive mm-hmm. dude. Zach Harrison weighs 30 pounds more than him. Yep. And that's just when you're kind of in that territory saying a guy weighs 30 pounds more than someone mm-hmm. else, that's when you're like, okay, they probably play different positions. And that's kind of where I'm at with Zach Harrison. Yeah. And again, I'm... I, I tend to agree. Like, if they draft him, it, it also kind of makes sense because you're like, wow, this is a really freak athlete. Um, but one of the things that, let's see, I think it was, oh, we talked about this before. It was Sean Payton who said, you know, whenever you draft somebody, you know what role you are drafting them for. Yep. You know, you don't draft him and say, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we'll kind of figure out what it is. You say, this is what we draft him for. And they'll say, we're either putting him at defensive end or we're putting him at outside linebacker. And that's a decision they've probably already made. It may probably made weeks ago yep. to say, this is what he is. Definitely. And they'll say, oh, he's a, he's a defensive end. Well, at that, he is whatever on our board. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a fifth round pick because they think that as a defensive end in this 3-4 defense, you'd rather take all these guys in front of him, you know? Um, outside linebacker, it's the same thing. Um, so they'll they'll figure out where they'd put him and rank him based on that, which again makes sense. But they pretty much made that clear today. But if they do think he has the traits, I mean, you could put him at outside linebacker. I still think I'd probably put him at defensive end in this defense. I mean, Calais Campbell coming out six eight two eighty two, and so that's kind of the mold that I think you'd be getting. Um, to me, he just he doesn't seem like a guy that at least that from, from the the film i watched and mm-hmm. i'm certainly not watching the 1200 snaps yeah. uh, per player that the broncos watched last night uh i'm a much more limited sample size but he he seems more of a pass rushing defensive end mm-hmm. um than necessarily a run stuffing defensive end you kind of have to be that run stuffer if you're going to be that three four defensive end but i think you you'd have him out there for third downs you know i think that's that's the first thing you'd look at is say he is our pass rushing interior guy again and if they think that he has the skills to actually be successful at that, which they might say, we just haven't seen enough to bet on it. Sure. But I do think that to me, he hasn't really given enough hints that he can be a dominant edge rusher. You know, you're probably saying like, yeah, maybe even you, you hope that he's more of a, a run defender out there. Um, but I do think that with that sort of length and just the size and strength, he should be able to hold up in the running game and provide hopefully a bunch of juice is what you're hoping for in, in the um, pass rushing game. Uh, also, I went back. It was, uh, oh, it's Jordan Reed from ESPN. It was his mock draft from two weeks ago now, so not super recent, but he had the Broncos take him at number 67. There you go. So yep. p- a potential link there. I just personally don't think mm-hmm. uh, that matchup makes sense. But what does make sense is hopping into the comment section, hitting the comment that we've got on the website from the count says, rank yourselves. Which of the following comp- competitions would you have the best chance at winning versus former Broncos? <sighs> These are difficult. Wow. An 18-hole round of competitive link-style golf against Johnny John John. Uh, I am not beating him at that. Okay. 
A three-game set of 10-pin bowling versus C.J. Anderson. Nope. He bowled like a 283 or something. Is He's that what like he said? borderline professional bowler. Yeah, at least not beating was him when at he that. Was at the Broncos. Uh, or a timed Rubik's Cube competition versus Calvin Anderson. So that's definitely not it. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember him being a you Rubik's what? Cube guy. Vaguely, vaguely. Those you're that, close. You're close. You're getting there. Vaguely. Vague. There you go. See, there I was told you, you don't go. make that sound. Vague. <laughs> it's like bag. Bag. There you go. I was taught to there say bag. So there I thought you go. Vague. Vague. Like, like how it's bagel, not bagel, <laughs> but everybody says bag. I don't know. I'm working on it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine he's really good at that. What? The Rubik's Cubes. That's like a Calvin thing. Calvin Anderson? Yeah. He yeah. like Makes sense. he can do it behind his back in like 10 seconds or okay. something. It's something so, yeah. wild. I he's couldn't, super smart. I would not win that. Um, I would not. I don't yeah. think it's bowling. I'd almost... It's just one game of bowling. Uh, Three. <laughs> See, that's the tough part. Is like because he posted the thing this week that was like a two hundred three, a two hundred five, and a two eighty three. If it was one okay, game, sure, I was like maybe he slips to one ninety. Maybe I get it's hot. True, it's true. Golf again. If it was one round, I, John gets me. I think I, I gotta go bowling. That's exactly where I'm going for. Yep. Uh, I guess not the exact same reason as you. I'm going bowling because. I think my best game of bowling ever was like in the high 100s, and I'm not saying I'm yeah. a consistent that, but but I have done that before, and I think there's a chance CJ in, in one game, and I guess I have to say in three straight games, would bowl a 180 or something. Somehow exactly. I get so lucky. Um, I've golfed only a couple of times <laughs> in my life. John Elway's definitely going to beat me. Yeah. Uh, and then also on top of that, I've never tried a Rubik's Cube, so there's just mm-hmm. zero chance that I would beat Calvin Anderson in that. Yep. So my grandpa used to be a member of Valley Country Club. Okay. And that's where John Elway was a member. Mm. And so that was, I think, the first time. I can't remember. If it, was, it must have been the first time I broke 90 because I would have been pretty young. So I got down to the 80s. Maybe. Ooh, I, but it was like an 86 or something. I think I tied my dad. Maybe I beat my dad in that one. Point is, I played that course really well. And that's where John played a lot. Okay. But then he wound okay. up going to Cherry Hills when Cherry Hills got the... Um, like the BMW championship. Yeah. So that was like the one PGA event here for a while after not having one for forever. And then there was for a little bit, it's gone now. So that he was like the voice of that or whatever, the face of that and yeah. did like the PR stuff. Um, but he went over there, but I, I think I've heard that he's actually at a different country club, now, which might not be true. Point is I, I have played the same course that he plays. I, I have a decent track record there. I don't think it's enough to beat him, but maybe. Maybe, maybe. That'd be fun to find out one yes. day. And a super chat coming in from Bihad Moon says, who on the roster is next year's Alex Singleton? What a great question. Wow. Something we'll definitely dive into more in the offseason. Off the oh. top of my head, so kind of a guy who's a backup now that could mm-hmm. not just become a starter, but maybe even get a, a sizable contract after this year. Who jumps to the top of your head, Henry? <sighs> like, first thought was Samaj P. Ryan. Okay. Like he could turn out to be like an every down back in a world where they don't draft one. Javante's back midway through, um, but he's being brought in to be the exactly. Starter, like I think case. he gets too much money to to be in that category. Um, Marquez Callaway kind of fits that role. Backup. I like that. Who was the corner that you were talking about earlier? His Tremont name? Smith. Yep, maybe Tremont Smith. Yep, kind of a veteran that's been in the league, had some production. Yep. He comes in and. Uh, if Damari struggles, he comes in and, and really becomes a, a solid number two corner. And that's really the only yeah, addition think, on defense. I think defense those are it. I think those are the two depth. guys. One on offense, yep. one on defense. And that'll do it for us today. An action pack show. <sighs> so the comment action. section was blowing up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning on, tuning in with us on YouTube, on the podcast side. We really, truly appreciate it. And we'll be back tomorrow for a Friday pod. Stay tuned. We'll be going live at noon. Have a terrific Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Fly.